0: What's up, fans, and welcome into the Friday, September the 20th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Josh Rosen gets the nod on Sunday, Miami adds a pass rusher, we'll detail those two moves, we'll lock it up for Lock of the Week. Get into your Twitter mailbag questions, give you the viewing guide for the weekend, and of course, it is College Football Friday. All of that and more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter. It was voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, by Dolphins Twitter, it's at Wingfield NFL. The show is at Locked on Fins. If you guys want to find the video breakdown and written review of Taco Charlton, that's up on LockedOnDolphins.com. He probably won't play on Sunday, and some other guys won't either. So with that, before we get into things, let's jump into the injury report. All right! And the Dolphins have several guys that were on the injury report for the game Sunday in Dallas. Charles Harris and Josh Rosen were full participants in practice despite being listed on the report. Albert Wilson, Rashad Jones were DNPs. They are unlikely to play. Bobby McCain and Trent Harris were both limited. And Ken Webster was back at practice in a full capacity on Thursday. He was removed. The Cowboys have plenty of guys up here, although most of them were full participants. We won't talk about them. The guys that did not practice wide receiver Tavon Austin, defensive end Tyrone Crawford, receiver Michael Gallup, linebacker Luke Guilford, and safety Xavier Woods, and defensive tackle Antoine Woods. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we start the podcast today with the news that Josh Rosen was named the starting quarterback for Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. His weight lasts only two games. Of course, Rosen has gotten spot duty against both the Patriots and the Ravens. He threw two interceptions and no touchdowns in those games and was under massive, massive pressure in both of those contests. Now, as far as what this move means, I think it was just time because of what Ryan Fitzpatrick showed you on game day out on the field on Sundays. Now, I do think that he did well to mitigate some of the pressure and some of the adverse circumstances that he dealt with. And Josh Rosen, this is all about his development and getting him ready and more comfortable to be the starter. And I still stand by my comment earlier in the season or the offseason off season, I should say, when I said I think he needs some time to learn and grow and develop in this offense, and now he's going to get a chance to do that with live bullets. As maybe the idea going into the season was to preserve some of Josh Rosen's value around the league or his perceived value because if the Dolphins know more than us behind closed doors, which they do, then it would behoove the team to preserve him on the bench until circumstances get better and then maybe he can play better when he gets onto the field and then he has more trade value for the future when this team inevitably goes after a quarterback in next year's draft. And this move somewhat suspiciously comes right after a report that the NFL will investigate what the Dolphins are doing this year in their pursuit for the tank, which I don't want to spend a lot of time on because it's hilarious, it's laughable, it's comical, it's all those words that Stephen A. Smith uses every morning on his talk radio show when he gets outraged about Well, whatever he gets outraged about, it's dumb. This is well within the rules. There's nothing written against tanking your season or whatever you want to call what the Dolphins are doing. And it's nothing compared to what other teams have done to cheat in the past in this league. Hell. Even Don Shula, the godfather himself, did some shady things with watering the turf at the Orange Bowl to make it steamy for the guest coming into the stadium, to keep the tarp off the field while it downpoured before that 1982 AFC Championship game. This is nothing. Miami will be fine. They didn't break any rules. And while we're on the topic of Josh Rosen, he is the subject for the lock of the week this week. Let's go ahead and do that. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So Miami leads the NFL and pressures allowed on their quarterback. And even though they also surrender the most sacks in the National Football League, frankly, it could be a lot worse than it is if it wasn't for some of Fitzmagic getting out of that pressure. So the lock of the week is that Josh Rosen eats five or more sacks in this game. He's just going to get killed back there. This Cowboys team can generate pressure. This Dolphins offensive line can't really block anybody. So I think that Josh Rosen, a little bit apprehensive and gun-shy at first, will eat some sacks and be unsure of his eyes as he was all practice and camp And preseason long, I think it's going to be a long day for him out there against a very good Cowboys defense. But you know who won't be sacking Josh Rosen on Sunday? Taco Charlton himself. That's because he is now a Miami Dolphin. The Dolphins claimed the 2017 first round draft pick, number 28 overall, from Michigan off of waivers. And I broke down the acquisition up on LockedOnDolphins.com with, as always, some video breakdowns. Let's go ahead and talk about Taco Charlton here, who has by and large, had a very disappointing beginning to his career as evidenced by being released after just two seasons and two games. He was inactive the last two games in Dallas. A healthy scratch. Jason Garrett said they have 10 defensive linemen on the roster. They only dress eight and Taco Charlton was not among those eight to get dressed. But Charlton did play a lot of football in 2017 and 2018. He was roughly a 40% snap taker both of those years with 399 snaps his rookie year in 17, and 401 snaps his second year in 2018. His production has really not been good according to profootballfocus.com. First of all, he only has four career sacks and he has 38 total pressures in two years with four sacks, eight hits, and 26 hurries. He compiled those numbers on 464 pass rush reps A pressure on 8.2% of his pass rush snaps. That's not very good. His weighted pass rush productivity mark at 4.1, which includes hits and sacks as more prevalent than hurries that ranked 132nd among all edge rushers in football he has four missed tackles on 34 opportunities in his career that's 11.8 missed tackle percentage not good there he has 23 run stops on 346 snaps that mark at 6.6 percent is 73rd among edge players at taco charlton's position so not a good career so far for him But I guess the good news is that his tape does show you some scheme fits here and applicable traits in the Miami defense. He is long. He can bend. He has some athleticism, a rare blend of size and speed, and he can turn the corner, which will serve him well in a defense that likes to stunt and run games and twist and loop the defensive end inside. He can really turn that corner when he does that. He gets off the ball with a very good quick burst initially. He does need some work on his pass rush arsenal, secondary moves, ability to redirect, the tackle in front of him he can win with athleticism but there's not much nuance to his pass rushing game he'll have to improve that that was one of the knocks on him coming out of college inconsistencies, lack of production, and a guy that would play really great on some snaps and disappear on the others. And that's where it's going to be very important for Brian Flores and his defensive staff to coach this kid up because he is a raw talent that needs some refining. As far as his work in the run game, he can get swallowed up by blocks, doesn't do very well to disengage, which is not a good thing in the scheme, doesn't always hold the point of attack and lacks some power, even though he is 270 pounds with 34 and a half inch arms, at six foot six, all that stuff with the size, speed, and arm length, all of that stuff checks the prototype boxes for Miami and what they want up front. He just has to develop more as a player and commit himself more as a professional. If you guys want to read more about this guy, it's up on LockedOnDolphins.com. I went over his college scouting report, posted some videos in there where he excels, where he struggles, and compared him to some of the guys that got cut by this Dolphins regime for the similar things that he does on tape. So check that out. And what better time to get some reading done than when you're on your Peloton. If you can't find a workout that keeps you engaged, Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout from the convenience of your own home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code locked On to get started. And if you want to venture into that Dolphins 21 and a half point spread against the Cowboys this Sunday, you got to check out mybookie.ag because at the end of a hard week on Friday afternoon, it's great to sit down, take some time off and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns and two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with nobody in sight to stop them. There's nothing else like the National Football League, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. I wouldn't be telling you guys about them if they were not the best. They have all types of betting lines you can wager on, whether it's a parlay or a teaser or fantasy point scored for an individual player. All the actions happening on mybookie.ag, and the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We are part... ...of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I have to make an amendment to yesterday's show where I told you guys I had a second blue-chip player on my list of Miami Dolphins blue-chip players, and I completely omitted that segment in the show altogether because... What do I always do when it comes to specialists in the National Football League? I forget them. I don't talk about them. And the Dolphins' second blue chip player is none other than place kicker Jason Sanders. So I apologize to you guys for that. I apologize to Jason for that. You are the goat kicker, son. And I wish I had a better memory and would have put that in the show. But regardless, we get it in anyways. And with that, let's go ahead and shift gears here and get into your questions again You guys provide me so much material for the show. Absolutely insane how great you guys are at getting these responses in. And there's just no way I can get to all 77 of these. So I'll try to do a weekend video uh, live conference on Twitter or whatever that's called over the weekend. But let's go ahead and jump right in right now and get to as many as we can. This first one here comes in from Aaron, Strafford, Aaron Stafford at Staff23. Even though the Dolphins will have $150 million in cap space, how hard will it be to attract marquee players next year? Look, I'm not buying that stuff because the Dolphins have so many resources that really this team can be built any way it wants to be built and if they can go out and talk to free agents and say we want you to be one of our five or six free agent glue pieces in addition to this new hot young quarterback that everybody agrees is one of the greatest prospects to come out in recent memory I mean in all honesty what else do you really need to get these players down here the clear blue water and white sandy beaches the perfect weather the beautiful women in bikinis I mean what else do you need do you need no state income tax? We got that too. I just don't buy this at all. I think Miami's one of the destinations in the NFL, especially under this new management with a coach like Brian Flores, who players, by and large, the ones that didn't get cut, all agree that he's a great coach. So I think it's not going to be a problem. You're going to see probably five or six important free agents brought in here and plenty of rookies that have a high pedigree, five-star ratings coming into Miami next offseason. Next question here from Finn 1984 exclamation. He's at Gareth underscore Mellon. Who has more influence Reggie McKenzie or Marvin Allen? And who has the better reputation? I would say that Marvin Allen does because he came from a program as a college scouting director who drafted Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey and Eric Fisher. The list goes on and on. He was the director of the college scouting department, meaning that he was the one that signed off on those reports and reported to the general manager to suggest those draft picks. So I believe he was a major influence in building one of the most, really most impressive rosters in the NFL right now. And Reggie McKenzie, for his own merit, drafted Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Now, he was the general manager who really struggled to get things going in Oakland. He did build a team that had that 12-4 2016 season, but then, of course, fell back off. But he was really put behind the eight ball because you'll recall, when he took that job in Oakland, he didn't have a bunch of his first-round draft picks because of the Carson Palmer trade, so he was always working from behind, and now he comes here Why do those two guys come here? Because it's an attractive place where they planned on building all these resources. This is a scout's dream, a GM's dream, the way to build a team the way you want it. That's what brought these guys here. I think they're both very decorated. They have very high pedigrees and they're thought very well of around the league. So I like them both. I think that's great. They're both on the staff. Next question here from Morgan Lewis. He's at mo underscore Lou 20. Ideal first four draft picks in your opinion are... Oh, man, that's giving me a loaded gun right there because I love this draft class already. I love that Miami has four picks in the top 33, essentially. We're going to start with Tuatunga-Vailoa. That much is clear. I really do want Jerry Judy. I know a lot of folks are against the idea of a receiver in the first round, but I think that building up around Tuatunga-Vailoa is the most important thing this franchise will do over the next five or so years, and who better than giving him not just the guy that has inherent chemistry built in with him, but giving him a guy who's an elite route runner who's going to be where he's supposed to be and a guy that can take a little slant pass or a screen pass and turn it into a 75 yard touchdown that guy is going to be a star in this league and Daniel Jeremiah on the Move the Sticks podcast talked about how the most successful receivers coming into the league right now are guys that can run routes. And Jerry Judy is the most polished route runner in college football. So give me Tua, give me Judy, although I do believe that pick will be traded out of the top 10 if it winds up there. And then come back with Tristan Wirfs, the tackle from Iowa, or possibly some help in the secondary with that pick with the safety from Clemson, Isaiah Simmons. Or you could give me another cornerback like a Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State plenty of options to beef up the defense there and we come back to pick 33 I want one of those beefy interior linemen like a Creed Humphrey maybe a Tyler Bayadash from Wisconsin someone that can be in the middle of the offensive line be a leader and be an ass kicker up front so let's go with Tua, Judy, Simmons, and Creed Humphrey the first four picks next year for your Miami Dolphins Okay, we've got more questions about the first four picks of the draft, so I'm glad you guys are in tune to that. Glad we got that answer on there for you. Next one here comes in from Mr. Stubborn. He's at Abduarte underscore one. We know the roster lacks talent, but are they at least playing more disciplined football than what was missing during the Adam Gaze era? The growth I saw from week one to week two was tangible and quantifiable. I think that we saw a much better game plan in terms of these guys doing more to fulfill their job on a specific play. And I think the reason for that was because of all the turnover they had before that first game. I mean, imagine going into a new job and being put like on the front counter of the store if you work a retail job and having no training or experience to how to do that job. That's kind of what week one was. You threw a bunch of guys out there that just got to Miami and really had no idea what was being asked of them in that first game. And yeah, only one week to prepare after that, but the, the growth and the improvement we saw in those areas I thought was very encouraging. As far as being disciplined... The TNT wall kind of got made fun of throughout the course of the summer and the penalties in the first game were bad, but they cleaned it up in game number two. I do expect to see that number continue to decrease throughout the year. I think that's one of Brian Flores' mainstays for why he's the right man for this job, his discipline and his ability to get his players to play with discipline. Next one comes in here from Clinton Parrott. He's at Clint Parrott on Twitter. If the Dolphins succeed with the tank process and become contenders sooner rather than later, will other teams embrace the process and try to duplicate it? It is a copycat league. Hashtag fins up. Absolutely, they will. And I think that's why the NFL is a little bit apprehensive about this plan the Dolphins have really gone all the way in on. And frankly... It was almost an accident that they got to this point with the Tunzel and Fitzpatrick trades because as we talked about on the podcast, as I can confirm from sources, they did not want to trade those two guys at all. It wasn't like they were out there shopping them and dangling them around the league. They had calls coming in their way that continued to press on with certain values that They couldn't ignore anymore. We covered it on the podcast earlier in the week. Khalil Mack prices, quarterback prices, a potential top 10 draft pick that really, in essence, if there's a quarterback on the board at that spot you can turn that into two or three more first round picks. And we're talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, a guy that hasn't proven himself getting you three first round picks or two first round picks. That's insane value. So I think that the dolphins kind of got here by accident. And for a team to commit to do this another year after this, a team outside of Miami, you're going to have to get full buy-in from the top of the structure of the organization, all the way down to the lowest coach of the coaching staff. And that's hard to do. So Give this Dolphins franchise credit for getting everybody on the same page, realizing a vision and executing that vision to the fullest. And then when curveballs were thrown their way, they found a way to maximize the value and get the most out of those curveballs and adjust and be adaptable to what happens on the fly. Because in this league, it's all about being adaptable, right? Adapt or die. And I think this Dolphins regime and staff and franchise has done a great job of adapting to what's been thrown at them so far this season. Okay, some great questions rolling in from this week's mailbag. You guys continue to kill it for me on providing the content. And I don't know if it's the fact that we just crossed a million downloads or it's weekend time or that I'm just excited about the future of this team, but man, I'm pumped up today. And it reminds me to tell you guys about your performance when it comes to the bedroom, because bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue, can get you back to your rookie playing days. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work. You can take them anytime, opening day, Super Bowl, draft night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, just like Tom Brady gets his PEDs. Somebody investigate the Patriots for crying out loud. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code, MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue Promo code MLB to try it today for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. brag a little bit on this podcast and on Twitter. I'm awfully proud of the things that have come my way over the last year. I'm very, very appreciative of the support I've received from every single one of you. Each download does more than you can possibly imagine for me and my future and my family here as I take care of them off of this podcast, really. And it just means so much to me. But let's go ahead and get back into bragging because I used to absorb a lot of heat my evaluation of Ryan Tannehill, and I'll own that till the day I die. I was wrong about his 2018 season. It didn't go like I thought it would, but the more things unfold around my other quarterback evaluations, the more confident I become in those evals. Because if you recall, the reason I got into this industry, I created a website back in 2016, thirdand 10com where I graded quarterback performances, and I posted all of my write-ups watching every single snap of every single game of every single quarterback. And I posted those write-ups in Reddit message boards on Twitter back when I had like 400 followers and I would talk bad about quarterbacks I didn't like and I would praise quarterbacks I did like. And as you can imagine, the fan bases reacted accordingly. I remember Giants fans and Ravens fans and Titans fans and Raiders fans really getting upset with me saying I was a blind fool because of my negative thoughts on Eli and Flacco and Mariota and Derek Carr And that 2016 season, Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. But when you looked at the tape, his film did not match the numbers. So I got those right as far as being negative towards those guys. And I still have my misses. I thought Jared Goff was going to be an ultimate bust, but he has worked out very well there in Sean McVay's system. Now on the good side of things, this is where I really want to brag because my top rated quarterbacks going back over the last five or six years were these guys. Kyler Murray was number one. He's played two games and passed for over 300 yards in each of those first two games. He's the second player in NFL history to ever do that. Baker Mayfield was there. He changed everything about that Cleveland Browns organization the way we hope Tua Vailoa will change this organization. And then next, the guy who needs no introduction, Patrick Mahomes. I loved that guy. I would bet on Texas Tech games, even though they were terrible, just because Patrick Mahomes always gave you a chance. And I also said that Lamar Jackson was the next best quarterback in that class over Josh Rosen, over Sam Darnold, and over Josh Allen. So I just wanted to put it out there to clear my name because I still get crap for it on Twitter. And as much as I hate when people pull up their old takes to prove they were right, I'm going to go ahead and just say on the podcast, I've done pretty good on the quarterback stuff lately, and I love Tuatunga Vailoa. He is such a perfect prospect to me in so many ways. So Maybe the bragging was too much, but I'm trying to qualify myself as a quarterback analyst. And I've certainly learned a lot from the last few years of doing this full time now. And Tua really checks off all the boxes that I look for when watching a quarterback. All right. I'm going to continue the mailbag on a Twitter live feed later on this weekend sometime. Not sure when it'll happen, but I'll get to those questions. Again, thank you guys for doing all those. And since it is Friday, it's time to transition into our final segment of the podcast on the weekend, of course, talking about college football Friday. And we'll start with the scouting reports up on LockedOnDolphins.com, tracking the top four quarterbacks in the nation. All four guys are playing this weekend. Tua comes up first. He's versus Southern Miss at home at noon on ESPN. Justin Herbert gets Stanford and the Cardinal. That's a good test for him. He'll be on ESPN at 7 o'clock Eastern. Jake Fromm has the biggest one of the weekend. He plays at home against the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. That game's at 8 o'clock Eastern on CBS. And Jordan Love gets a good test in San Diego State. Kind of Stanford South out there in San Diego. That game's at 10.30 on the CBS Sports Network. So all four of those games on TV for us. I will be in Washington State, or in Pullman, I should say, for the UCLA-Washington State game. So I'm going to get the two a game watched. I'm going to write it up, and then I'll come back late, late Saturday. night and write up the rest of those guys and probably have that report for you guys sometime on Sunday. Let's go ahead now and get into my college football picks. 11 and 9 on the season. Not great but I'm not losing and we've got six more games here on the docket for you guys this week. Let's go ahead and get right into those. The first one, the nine o'clock kickoff on the West Coast out here, noon for you on the East. Northwestern's getting nine points against Michigan State. I like Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats. I know Clayton Thorson's gone, but Michigan State cannot move the ball on offense. So give me the points in a low scoring game. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh and the Khakis are getting three and a half points against the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin's a good team, but I'll take the points in a close game between the 11th and 13th ranked teams in the country. Appalachian state an FCS team is only getting three points against the UNC Tar Hills. Give me app state in that game, baby. UNC is not that good. UCF, getting eleven or giving eleven points to the Pitt Panthers who played close last week with Penn State. They'll have an emotional letdown plus UCF is a freight train right now. They'll cover that spread easily. Uh, West Virginia is in Kansas. The over/under is 49 in that game. Give me the over on that. Those defenses are garbage. Stanford is giving t- or getting 10 and a half points rather from Oregon. Give me the Cardinal in that game as they fluster Ju- uh, Justin Herbert and they'll cover that spread. So Northwestern plus nine, Michigan plus three and a half, App State plus three, UCF minus 11, uh, Virgin- West Virginia and Kansas over 49 points, and Stanford plus 10 and a half points against the Oregon Ducks. And finally, I did tweet this list out, but in case you guys missed it, a viewing guide for the weekend. I already listed the games from Saturday involving the top four quarterbacks around the country. Of course, you guys can fill in the dots on the other ones you want to watch. I'm going to wait for the season to get deeper before I start putting other guys on the level of these top four quarterbacks. But Sunday, the late afternoon games are perfect for Dolphins fans after the Cowboys do what they do with Miami. The Dolphins, three teams that have high draft picks or whose draft picks the Dolphins possess all play at 425 Eastern on CBS. All three teams, Texans at Chargers, Steelers at 49ers and Saints at Seahawks. All three of our teams that we want to lose are underdogs. Hopefully the favorites win those games and help the Dolphins three draft picks in the first and second rounds accordingly. And yes, I did omit the Dolphins from that list because while I'll be watching every Dolphins game from now until eternity, as I have for the last 20 or so years, I think we all know what to expect from the games this year. But at least, at least... We have vested interest around the league elsewhere and in college football. Plus, you get to watch Josh Rosen and guys like Taco Charlton who probably won't play Sunday, but you get to watch these young guys try to build and develop. It's like an extended preseason. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for football all weekend long and the tank will never get me down and ruin my football season. But as for today's show, guys, that is my time. The last of the episodes here on the week on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Again, thank you for a million downloads this year. We've got big, big... big... Big things coming on the Locked On Podcast Network. Very exciting times. And with that, let's go ahead and close up shop here. You guys all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We're getting close to 500 reviews on the Apple Podcast app. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the show at Lockdown Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday night for a recap edition of the Locked Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Enjoy your weekend. Go kooks.